good to know you're saved. But it's also good to know how long you're saved. Amen. I like what Brother Jeb says. When the Lord saved me, He didn't give me five-year life or ten-year life or fifteen-year life. He saved me eternally. All right. It's good to see everybody here this morning, friends, family. Take your King James Bible with us this morning. <clears throat> Pray for us. I, I've been suffering with a uh, uh, cold, cold. so you just pray that God will open us up this morning Amen. and I preach. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Take your King James Bible. If you're physically able, let's stand and reverence God's Word if you would. If you're physically able, some of you ain't. Second Timothy chapter 4. And before I preach, is it all right, preacher, to ask somebody if they want to say something good about the Lord? Is that all right? Does anyone want to say something good about the Lord this morning? Anybody? I'm thankful, Brother yeah. Dax, to be here this morning. Uh, thankful most of all the Lord saved my soul. Yeah. I'm uh, thankful to see the brother. Uh, brother Jay, I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. and He come out and greet us as we come in and thank the Lord for that family. Uh, yeah. Uh, thankful he's, uh, like I told him, <laughs> I get around real good, but I get around, and I yeah. thank the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, Brother Dax, thank you for another day of life. Uh, Man. Uh, thankful to be here this morning. Amen. Anybody else want to brag on the Lord this morning? All right. If you're lost and undone, take heed to the Word of God. And uh, the Word of God will dig around in your heart, dig around in your mind. And I, I really pray that it gets really serious in here this morning. I mean that God shows up. Amen. That's what I'm begging for. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 18. Again, you pray for us. I'm physically uh, afflicted, but God will help us this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 4, <coughs> verse 18. The great apostle Paul said in the Lord, shall deliver me from every evil work uh, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we come to you once again, Lord, thanking you for another day of life. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to wake up. Thank you, Lord, for holding our breath in the palm of your hand. God the Father, I thank you, Lord, for all things in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a privilege and honor it is to gather together, Lord, to assemble ourselves together and surround ourselves around the Word of God, the King James Bible, the infallible inerrant Word of God. And Lord, I need your help this morning. Lord, I need a touch. I need an anointing. Lord, I need that literal unction from another world. God, touch me, Lord. I'm afflicted in my body, but God, there's nothing too hard for you. And I pray for Brother Parks and his and his wife and his children and the congregation, Lord, that and those that are visiting this morning, that Lord, that we'll take heed to your word, that we'll receive your word with readiness of mind and search the scriptures for ourselves daily, Lord, whether the things that I'm preaching are so. And so, Lord, we honor you. We reverence you. God, help us and touch us this morning. God, use me. Lord, I need a touch in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Revelate my mind. Revelate me this morning. God in heaven, help me, oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. The church said amen. 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 <laughs> 
Amen. Amen. Uh, Paul was was personally uh, talking to Timothy, and I love the second second book of Timothy. Uh, I love the epistles that he personally writes to him, and uh, he is uh, telling him uh, that the Lord will and shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom and preserve means to keep us from spoiling and and decaying and i'm thankful this morning that my confidence is not in an organization my confidence is not in mankind uh solomon uh said in the book of proverbs that uh, confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint, Brother Pat. But I'm glad this morning that my confidence is in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And there's many uh, that know Him uh, from their heads, but they've never experienced Him in their hearts. And But I'm thankful this morning that uh, that the saints of God, that we can be confident unto the end. And I believe that uh, Paul the Apostle, he was very confident unto the end of his life. Amen. Come on now. And we can see in chapter 1 of this book, we can see the assurance that, uh, that Paul had in Christ and how he was trying to uh, exhort uh, Timothy to realize and to know the assurance that was in Christ Jesus. And we see his assurance in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Uh, we see Paul's attitude. And then in chapter 3, we see his alertness of the times that we're living in. Say amen right there. Amen. And then in chapter 4, we uh, see Paul's awareness uh, that he is telling Timothy that uh, the Lord is coming. And he's yes, telling he Timothy uh, to stand and preach, not for money, not for men, not for popularity. But he is charging him to preach the very word of God. Because the Lord is coming. And he's coming to judge the quick. And he's coming to judge the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Two different judgments. Say amen right there. And so uh, we can find uh, comfort in the word of God. We are feeble. We are feeble people. Uh, we are weak and uh, uh, we are frail. And I, I can I can see myself uh, just wasting away day by day. And I'm only 39 years old. Uh, Brother Ralph, I can see myself uh, fading away slowly day by day. And I, I thought about Solomon said in the book of Proverbs that, uh, that the conies, they're nothing but a feeble folk. But they've made their houses in the rock. Amen. And we are feeble. We are frail. But the psalmist uh, tells us that we're wonderfully and we're fearfully made. Amen. And that God cares for us. And I'm thankful this morning that I don't have to worry. I don't have to 
I wring my hands and wonder if God cares about me and if God and if God loves me. The Scripture teaches us that if if our father and mother forsake us, that uh, the Lord will take us up. Is that right? That's the word of God. And so Paul is encouraging Timothy that the Lord will and shall uh, deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. He said, Alexander the copper smith did me much evil. And the Lord's going to reward him according uh, to his works. That's right. That's the word of God. Amen. And then he begins to say that no man stood with me, that all men forsook me. They tucked tail. Amen. And they went a running. But he said, nevertheless, uh, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me that my preaching might be fully known unto the under the Gentiles. This was a man of God. Paul wasn't a sissy. Paul wasn't a mossy back preacher. Hey man, Paul was a man of God. Paul had a touch of God on him. Thank God. I'm feeling good in the Holy Ghost this morning. If God just opened up my throat, but thank God. Hey man, we've got a we've got enough sissy, sissified, so-called men of God, mossy back. But thank God for a real man of God that'll stand and amen and stand on the promises of the word of God. Yes, we're feeble and yes, uh, we're frail. We're fading away. But thanks be to God, the great apostle Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you're really saved by the grace of God, amen, you don't fear death. You really don't fear death. Come on now. Amen. You really don't fear death. Why should we fear death when the sting of death is already taken away? Amen. And if they plant me, and that's very biblical for a saint of God to be planted in the ground. Amen. Not cremated, but planted in the ground. Amen. When they plant me in the ground. Amen. Thanks be to God. That's not the last of me. This man that you see, this vile, wretched man. Amen. That I carry around day in and day out has a promise uh, that he'll live again. Amen. Bless his holy name. Amen. And Paul is telling Timothy, amen, that the Lord will deliver me uh, from every evil work. So let us go to chapter 1. Uh, Paul starts out and he says, I'm, I'm Paul the apostle of Jesus Christ according to the will of God. He said, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. We know the word of God teaches every one of us in Romans 6.23 for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. So that means this morning every one of us we ought to be dead and in hell. Amen. Your head and my head. God should have pinched off a long time ago. And you ought to be in hell. Hey, listen, there ain't nothing good in you. Oh, you're rotten to the core. Oh, you're filthy and wretched just like me. But thanks be to God. There's a promise of life in the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought about the Lamb of God. He said in John 10 and 9 and verse 10, he said, I'm the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and 
out and find pasture. He said, the thief coming not before to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that we, the saints of God, we have the promise of life now and we have the promise of life to come. Amen. Thanks be to God. Job said, what is man? He wasteth away and then he dieth and he giveth up the ghost and where is he? You're going to die. I'm going to die. But oh, where are you going? Amen. Bless his name. It's okay to go somewhere if you got somewhere to go. Amen. Bless his name. Job said, though the skin worms are devour my body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Amen. I'm telling you this morning of the promises, Brother Parks, that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Look at me and look at me very well. Amen. I'm a liar looking at a bunch of liars. Say amen. You're a liar just like me. You ought to be in hell. Oh, but thank God for his promises. Amen. I have a strong consolation this morning. I'll lie to you and you'll lie to me. Let's just be honest. Amen. If you get put in the right spot at the right time, you know what you'll do? You'll come out lying just like I will. Amen. Oh, amen. Just like the psalmist said, he said in his haste, but he was right. In Psalm 116, all men are liars. Amen. We're all liars. And let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. That's right. Amen. Yes, it's right. And the Bible teaches us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 25. Amen. And this is the promise that he's promised us, even eternal life. Amen. I've made promises. Amen. And I've broken my promises. That's just the way it is. I don't mean to. Amen. But my old rotten flesh, amen, wears up. And I break my promises. Amen. I've broken promises to my children and shame on me. Amen. Because I'm a man. And you know what a man is? At his best, he's nothing but a failure. I've broken my promises. But thanks be to God, I'm not trusting in my good deeds and in my works. I know that all my righteousnesses is as filthy rags in the sight of God. At my best, my best deeds are filthy in the sight of God. Amen. But thanks be to God. I'm not depending on my good deeds. I'm not depending on who I am. I'm depending on the great I am who saved me, laid down his life. Amen. For a sinner like me that I can go free. Thank God. Give me life and give it to me more abundantly. That's why I'm excited. I've already come to grips. I'm going to take a dirt nap after a while. And I'm okay with it. I'm alright with it. Come to grips. Because I'm like Job. My witness is in heaven and my record's on high. Only a Bible believing Christian 
really knows where they're going when they die. You might be sitting on a church pew this morning and saying, Preacher, I really don't know where I'm where I'm going when I die. That's why the Lord sent you to me to tell you where you are going. You're going to a literal burning lake of fire. And the Lord the Lord says in the book of Mark three times he says it and then there's a scripture he says it there's a scripture then he says it. It says where their worm. He doesn't say the worm. He says where the worm doth not in the fire is never quenched. Is that right? It's never Never quenched. quenched. It's where their worm dieth not. And the Lord said, if you gain this whole world and lose your own soul, what does it profit you? Lose your own soul and it's shaped like a worm. Come on now. And it burns forever and ever in a fire that will never, 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 never be quenched. And there's many that, that are sitting on church pews this morning. Many that have went to church all their lives. And they're going to have a rude awakening when they take their last breath on this side of glory. Amen. On this side of the grave, they're going to have a rude awakening because they trusted in their good deeds. They trusted in their works. And when they leave this life, uh, their, their torment has just begun. Yes, sir. Just begun because of their rejection of the word of life. The promise of life this morning. It's in Christ Jesus. I hope you're uneasy. I hope you're uncomfortable. I hope God gets all up in your whiskers. I hope that the Lord of glory gets all up in your heart and in your mind and doesn't leave you and convicts you and convicts you and convicts you and convicts you. The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 5 verse 12 wherefore by as one man's sin entered in the world and death by sin so death was passed upon all men for that all have sinned. It's not your fault that you're a sinner. It's not your fault that you're wretched and wicked but it will be your fault if you die a sinner. It will be your fault because the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the promise of life, everlasting glory be to God. The Lord said in John 3, 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son, amen, the wrath of God abideth on him. It ought to trouble you. It ought to break your heart. Amen. Thank God. It ought to trouble you in your heart. That's under the wrath of God. And God will pour His wrath out on you because you're a rotten sinner. He will pour it out. The Bible teaches us that when the sixth seal is open, the Bible teaches us that the earth's going to quake. The Bible teaches us 
that the moon is going to be turned into blood, literal blood. I don't care what them quacks say. It's going to be blood. And the Bible teaches us, Brother Ralph, in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, that sixth seal, that the great mighty man, the great mighty man, they're so mighty, they lose their ever-loving minds. They start talking to the rocks. Yep. Supposed to be mighty men and mighty women. They're going to the rocks. They're going literally to the rocks and saying, fall on us. Oh, fall on us. Oh, get up. Fall on us and hide us. Oh, from the wrath of the Lamb. Who's going to be able to stand? Out is from the wrath of the Lamb. Oh, he's coming. And I need you to fall on me. He's going to bring hell and damnation. He's going to kill me. Hide me. But there's no place to hide. No place to hide. The wrath of the Lamb is coming. Who's going to be able to stand? The wrath is coming. And there's only one hiding place. There's only one safety net. And that's in the Lord. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy. He says, Timothy, the promise of life is in Christ Jesus. Every one of us most every one of us in this building, raise your hand if you can quote it. Most of you can quote John 3.16. Raise your hand. Come on now. If you can't quote it, you can pretty much get most of the words. You can. Most of us in here can. John 3.16. I've taught my children this. I preach this quite a bit. There's 25 words in John 3.16. 25 words. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said in verse 14, He said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. One more time, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's 25 words in John 3.16. Look it up. You have 12 words and then you have the sign. And then you have 12 words after the sign. And the sign is in the middle of that verse. And most sinners can quote you John 3.16. If you watch football... You can see them holding up John 3, 16 or John 3 and 3 and 3 and 5 about being born again. You must be born again. And most every sinner knows John 3, 16. They know that God so loved them and that they gave, that He gave His only begotten Son. But you know what they're missing out on? And mo, 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 most church people, you know what they're missing out on? They're missing out on the Son that's in the middle of that verse. They've never experienced heartfelt, life-changing salvation. They've never repented of their filthy lifestyles of sin and repented and taken God's side against Himself. You better turn from your sin. You better turn from your lies and your pornography and all your filth and pleasure. And you better cry out to God now before you die lost. You better do it now. You better get that promise of life now. Listen. The wrath of God abides on you. 
And have you ever, be honest, have you ever, underneath the conviction of the Spirit of God, John 6, 44, no man coming to me except the Father which sent me, draw him, I'll raise him up the last day. John 6, 37, all that the Father give me shall come to me. Him will come to me, I'll know why cast out. Jesus said in John 6, 65, he told his disciples, he said, the Father's got to bring you. In John 6, 66, when they heard the sayings of our Lord and Savior, that God's got to bring you, God's got to draw you, they walked with him no more. John 6, 6, 6, the number of man. When the Lord said in John 6, 65, therefore, that the Father must bring you. And when they heard that saying, they wouldn't walk with him no more, Ralph. They turned back. Right. And Jesus, with compassion, looked at his, at his 12. And he said, will you also go away? And Peter said, Lord, where shall we go? Where can't we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And I like what Peter said. He said, Lord, he said, I'm sure, without a doubt, I'm sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm sure, I'm convinced, I'm persuaded, I'm, I'm confident, I know that I know you're the Son of the living God. I know that you're my Lord, you're my King, you're my God, I know it. Do you know it this morning? Jesus said in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, are you hearing this morning? Yes. And believeth on him that hath sent me, hath, hath everlasting life. Yes. Should be passed from death unto life. Right. Listen, life. Yes. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that hath sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. Yep. But it's passed from death unto life. First, First Peter chapter two, verse twenty-four. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live, should live, should live under righteousness. Whose stripes you are healed. You can be healed this morning. You can be made righteous. You can be made whiter than snow if you'll come and just take God's side against yourself. Believe that book, and your journey will just begin. Won't you come? Won't you come? John 5, 39. I'm, I'm preaching about the promise of life. Search the scriptures. From them you think you have eternal life there. They which testify me. You know how many people that are in church right now that really think that they have eternal life and you'll hear them get up and testify and get them, hear them preach well, if I can hold on, if I can make it, if I can just do enough, if I can just do enough to get to heaven, if I can just do enough, let, 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 let's bring it back to, let, let's just go back to common sense for a minute. If it's by your good works, when do you know you've done enough? <laughs> when do you know that you've done enough? 
And listen, you're just as sorry as I am. And if we could reach that pinnacle, when we reached it, we'd all quit and do nothing. Because <laughs> you're just as sorry as I am. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, right? Amen. I'm telling you, it's not of our merit. Amen. It's not of our good deeds. Amen. Thanks be to God. I'm glad that my faith, I don't know where your faith is resting today, but my faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one. Thanks be to God. His word for me shall plead. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and arose for me. It is enough. It is enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. enough. (laughs) You talk about a man that went through hell on this side of the grave. Paul the Apostle was forsaken by his dear friends, his goombas that he loved, those he rubbed elbows with, those he broke bread with, loved Demas, loved him with with an undying love, and as he's writing this book, he says, Timothy, and I don't think that he's writing it with, with dried eyes. I think that he's weeping and he's saying, Demas hath forsaken me. He went back to Thessalonica. He said, this one left, that one left. He said, I'm locked up in a prison cell. He said, I'm about to... About to go see my master again. And one thing I like about it that he says, he said, bring the books. But he said, especially, give me them parchments. (laughs) Give me the word of God. Give me those parchments. Search the scriptures for them you think you have eternal life. What did John say in 1 John chapter 5? He said, these things I've written unto you that already believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you may know, that you may know. Thanks be to God. Amen. I believed on Christ. I repented of my sins. I trusted Him. I didn't know I was eternally secure. I didn't know I was in His family forever. But when I began to read the Word of God, the Holy Ghost of God bubbled up on the inside and assured me that the promise of life was in Christ Jesus. He'd never leave me. He never forsake me. He's my everlasting father and he's my coming king. Where are you going when you die? Only a Bible believer knows. John knew where he was going. Job knew where he was going. Hello? Peter knew where he was going. He said, knowing this, shortly, I must put off this my tabernacle. Preacher, I I'm saved and and I I'm afraid to die. Are you dying yet? No, preacher, but I when it comes time to you to die, God'll give you sleeping grace. Because if you're saved this morning, you're not gonna die. God's people don't die. God's people sleep. I'm not preaching about soul sleep. 
I'm preaching about this outer man sleeps. This outer man takes a nap. The soul and the spirit goes back to the Lord. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house and this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. So when you die and I die, amen, there is a, there is a there is a body prepared for me in the heavens eternally pending the resurrection of this man. That's the word of God. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle is all, we have a building of God. House not made with hands. We are in the body of Christ. We're his flesh. We're his bones. Ephesians 5 and 30. Amen. When we die, we rest in him pending and waiting for the resurrection of this man. This man will be sown in weakness, but this man will be raised in power. This man will be saved. Right. <laughs> See the promised life that we've got. Give me a few more, a few more minutes. I, I'm really physically sick. It's hard for me to preach this morning. I can barely get it out. <laughs> but the Lord said in John 6, 47, are you hearing me? On, are you hearing God? John 6, 47, 48, barely, barely saying to you, he that believeth on me, he that believeth on me, on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. See, God's already promised us eternal life. 1 John 2.25 Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 that all the promises of God are yea in Him and amen unto Him be glory forever. See, God can't lie. And if you'll come this morning, I mean uh, come this morning for yourself as God draws you and obey the doctrine of Christ, the promise of life. What is the doctrine of Christ, preacher? According to the scriptures that I'm preaching, that he died for your sin. He was buried. And on that third and appointed day, he got up. And before you can believe that from your heart, before you can receive him into your heart, you must repent. You must turn from your sin and your ungodliness. The Lord said, except you repent, you will likewise perish. You must repent to believe. You can't believe until you repent, till you turn. You know how you won't get saved? You don't get saved this morning. If you really don't get saved and you need to be saved, you know why you're not going to get saved. You know why? I'll, go, I'll look you right in the eyeball and tell you because you love darkness rather yeah. than light. You yeah. love your stinking sin. Yeah. You love it. Yeah. What you said. And I loved it. But when I got sin sick, oh, dear, I'm telling you, when God bothered me yeah. and showed me who I really was, I said, my God, I, I, I'm a mess. Yeah. And you really, you want me? I, I couldn't. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't understand. I was in a mess that God would love me. The Bible says unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God committed his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right. That he would love me in my sin, would love me in my lies, my deceit, my, my rotten sexual sins. Come on, people. We're Gentiles by nature. I'm not a Gentile any longer. I'm a child of God. But Gentiles are ate up with sexual perversions. Come on now. Nod your head. 
But I was deep in sin. I I was a pervert. I was filthy and rotten. And yet God loved me. Amen. But he loved me too much to leave me the way that he found me. Loved me too much. Loved me too much. And if you're saved this morning, he loved you too much to leave you in that filthy, rotten, prideful condition of sin and ungodliness. David said, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. But thanks be to God that God made his only begotten son sin for you and I, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. You can be made righteous. You can know without a shadow of a doubt that he is the Christ the son of the living God you can know it this morning you can know it Jesus said John 10 27 my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them temporary life I give unto them eternal life they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand that's what the Lord said and I like what Paul, and I already quoted it, because Paul has got a deeper revelation than John's got. Say amen right there. Amen. See, Paul said, and we know that the Lord's saying he can't pluck my hand, but, but we are his hand. <laughs> if you're in the church, I'm, I'm talking the church, if you've really repented and received Christ, you're his hand. You're his foot. You're his body. You don't always dot every I and cross every T. But you're in the body of Christ. You have the promise of life. You're not perfect and I'm not perfect. But one day we will be. But you're in Christ. You took the book against yourself. You took God's word against yourself. You're His forevermore. You're an heir to God. You're a joint heir with Christ. You are His. You're bought and paid for. You're already in heaven waiting to get there. According to Ephesians 2.6. See, that, that gives, me, gives me assurance that I can keep on keeping on. Amen. What Jesus say in John 11, 25? What did He say unto her? What did He say unto her? What did He say unto her? I am. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, Amen. yet shall he live. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. One more time. Job said, Man dieth and he wasteth away and he and he goeth away. Where does he go? Where does he go? I'm telling you on the word of God, you can know where you're going. You can know it. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man come to the Father but by me. So he tells Timothy, You got the promise of life? Read verse 9. He assures Timothy, says, He saved us. And He called us. Not according to our works, it was a holy calling. Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world has begun, began. And He said, But now it's manifested by the appearing. Listen, I like this. It says He abolished death. You know what that means? He obliterated it. <laughs> that ought to put you on shouting ground because you're going to meet the undertaker one day. I'm going to meet the undertaker one day. But thanks be to God, I'm going to die in Him and I'm going to resurrect in Him. Thanks me to God. I'm telling you, if you're really saved, when you die, you gain it all, Ralph. You gain it all. You gain it all. You gain it all. You gain it all. 
He can have assurance when we go to our graves. Listen, I'm not getting any younger. I'm getting closer to the grave. There's some worms out there with your name on it waiting to eat you. That's right. Waiting to eat you. But that promise of life. Where's your conversation at this morning? I'm asking you. Look me in the eyeball. Come on, look at me. Where's your conversation at? That means your citizenship. Where's your citizenship at? Where's it at? Is it in a place called heaven? Are you really looking for the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ? Are you anticipating the coming of the Lord? Everything about you, is it anchored in Christ Jesus? Are you really looking for Him? Is church just a pastime for you? Is it just a hobby? Is it just something for you to do? Or is it your life? What's church mean to you? What's it mean to you? What's it mean to me? It meant so much to the Lord that He's willing to die for it. He was willing. And He did die for it. The church... He didn't die for some hall. He didn't die for some worship center. He died for the church to institute his church. Not these fly-by-night worship centers with men and women pastoring them. I'm talking about churches fighting on the world that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The invisible church. The universal church. It ain't going down. It's going up. Amen. I know a lot of local churches. The hell's busting them up left and right. But hell will not bust up. The true church. You can call it the true church, the living church, invisible church, universal church. Amen. You can call it what you want. But when he comes, just call me gone. Amen. You can call me whatever. You can call whatever. They can call me a heretic. Amen. I'm glad I'm in the church of the living God rooted and grounded. I'm in the rock. Aren't you glad to be in the rock? So Paul is telling Timothy. Listen, Timothy's going through some trials in his life. Going through some hard times. He's crying. He's slinging snot. Devil's tempting him. I mean, he's being tried. He's being tested. He's doubting things in his life. Just come on. You said whatever. Whatever. He was doubting things. And that's why the old man of God come and was thinking about him. Listen, here's Paul. Knowing Brother Ralph, he's going to get his head cut off. You talk about, listen, I'm going to say this. The devil... He can fake a lot of things. He can imitate and emulate a lot of things, Brother Jeb. But there's one thing that that stinking scumbag can't emulate, and that's the love of God. Amen. You got it or you don't. That's right. You've got the real, genuine, unconditional love of God in your heart. You've got it or you don't. And listen, the real love of God will compel you, constrain you, to think about somebody else yeah. more than yourself. Right, right. Paul could have had a pity party. Paul could have said, My God, I've invested so much time in Demas. I've invested so much time. I'm getting ready to die. Look, my, my life's a waste. Everybody's forsaken me. Almost got ate, ate up by a lion. 
Man, I'm in a mess. He didn't say that, Ralph. No. He said, all men forsook me. He just kind of said, so what? So what? They forsook me. I'm sitting in the jail cell, and they think that I'm all alone. <laughs> See, he'd been tried before, and he'd been tested before. He was a Roman citizen. He was an un, he wasn't he wasn't even uh, guilty of being beat. He was an uncondemned Roman. Beat him half to death. Went into prison. Most of us we'd have cried and slung snot. Paul just said, God's been good to me. Amen. I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, went through the mill, went through the fire. Amen. He knew the Lord would bring him out. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what trial you're in. I don't care what temptation faces you. The Lord's been tempted in all points. Amen. He's the sinless Savior. He's a faithful high priest. He can help you. He can assure you and give you grace through every area of your life. Amen. Man, the promise of life, the unfeigned faith. See, listen, Timothy's going through a trial. Going through a trouble. He's crying. And Paul, Paul just says, Listen, Timothy, the promise of life is in Christ. You're saved, ain't you? He said that genuine unfeigned, and that means genuine faith. He said that unfeigned faith. He said it was in your mother, and it was in your grandmother. It dwelled in them. And he said, I'm persuaded that it dwells in you. No, we need in this day and time. Don't get offended at me. I'm just preaching a book. And I want to do it with grace and love. We have all we already have. Now I want to say this in love. We already have too many Jezebels as it is. We need some good godly women. See, the Bible teaches us in Proverbs chapter 30 or 31 that favor is deceitful. Right. And beauty is vain. Right. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Got enough Jezebels. Got enough wicked long-tongued hussies. Amen. Need some godly women that love God, love their children, and live a godly example in front of them. And some godly men, too. Some godly men that's going to stand up. Godly men and godly women. Thank God for his grandmother. Thank God for his mother. He had unfeigned faith. You know what they done for Timothy? They got him under preaching. If you really love your kids, you love your family, you'll try to get them under preaching. You won't talk them in. You won't walk them in. You won't lead them in. You'll preach them in. You'll preach them in. It pleases God by the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. It's foolishness unto them. Yeah. But unless they're saved, it's the power of God. Any hope for my people, they need to hear preaching. Yeah. If there's any hope for my family members, they need to hear preaching. The cross, yeah. the blood, the grace, the mercies, the sure mercies of God. That's what they need to hear. And Timothy got under some sound biblical preaching. And unfeigned faith, genuine faith. And Paul said, I laid my hands on you. He said, I imparted unto you a spiritual gift. He said, stir it up. He said, wake up, wake up. God's not giving you the spirit of fear. Quit living in sin. Wake up. He's giving you power, love, and a sound mind. Listen, church. What did Paul tell, tell him in Rome? He said, in that knowing the time, it's high time to wake out of sleep. 
Yep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Oh me. And let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness. You know what that is? Disorderly conduct. Getting out and acting like an idiot, getting drunk and jerking your clothes off, just acting like an idiot. Disorderly conduct, rioting and drunkenness. That's what it is. Just bring it down, just acting like a plum fool. Chamber in whatness. You know what that is? Talks about the bedchamber. Come on now. Amen. I love this scripture. Amen. And usually I say it usually at every wedding. And I done a wedding one time and when I quoted this scripture, I had a woman look at me, she could have killed me. All I said was marriage is honorable and all in the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. You know why she got offended? She's she guilty. was a whoremonger. She's guilty. She's guilty. A lot of people get mad when the word of God's preached. They're not really, they, they get mad because they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know why they don't want to hear old time preaching? Because this book's alive. Yeah. All I got to do is open it up and read it. Amen. There's a spirit in this book. Yeah. And there's a spirit in me. Amen. And if the real spirit of God's in you, when you get cut, all you can do is say, oh, God. Listen, yeah. I, listen, Jeb will tell you, I've sat in the pew. I've been cut all to pieces. I'll shout it out. Go to the altar and say, oh, my God, you're going to have to help me. My home's going to be in a mess. But you're still God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God I try to bless it while hell's breaking loose. Yeah. That's right, brother. I don't know how many times he's pulled me and my family out of the fire. Yeah. And I just try to praise him through it. Amen. It's all you can do. It's all you can do. That's what Paul's trying to tell Tim to get up. Wake up, man. You got power and love and a sound mind in you. God saved you. God called you. Listen. He'd shoot the moon out before he'd forsake you. Before he'd forsake me. Just a few more minutes. We see his assurance. Look at his attitude in chapter 2. said, Timothy, he said, Get, be strong in the grace that's in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's saving grace, there's standing grace, there's serving grace, there's schooling grace, there's sleeping grace, 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 grace for everything you need. And Paul is telling Timothy, you better get strong in the grace of God. Right. He's telling him, you better man up. He said, you better endure the hardships. Serving Christ is not easy. Serving God, living holy, living righteous, standing for God, standing for the truth. You will suffer from your own people on the inside of the church. Uh, amen. Because everybody that's in the local church ain't saved. Amen. Amen. And he's telling Timothy, you better be strong. Yeah. There's some battles you've got to fight. That's right. Don't be entangled with the things of this life. So don't be entangled with things of this life that you may please Him. Let me ask you a question. You know and I know. I know for myself and you know for yourself. Are you really pleasing Him? I'm just going to ask you. So who are you? Well, who are you? Yeah. I'm God's man. I'm just asking you. Yeah. Are you pleasing him? Come on. You say, preacher, are you? I'm trying. Amen. I'm putting forth an effort. I can say that. Amen. I can say that. I'm putting forth an effort. Amen. Are you? You're saved by the grace of God. He delivered you. Your sins are gone. You cannot, will not go to hell. 
Can't. If you're in Christ, I don't care what you believe. Amen. I'm not building my doctrine on ifs and scenarios. Amen. I cannot go to hell. That's me. Amen. Amen. I believe that. You say, give me a scripture. For I know whom I believe. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I am hell proof. Hell proof. Fire proof. The second death have, have no power over me. You believe that? Yes, sir. Some do, some don't. But I'm persuaded. And this doctrine that I'm preaching to you, sound doctrine, by the way, it doesn't compel me to live loose. Yeah. It compels me to get closer. Yeah. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Compels me to get closer to Him because I realize like the great Apostle Paul, for I know that in my flesh dwelt no good thing. And I know that I'm a wretched man. When I wake up, my flesh wants to do one thing. My inner man wants to do another thing. And I just say, oh, wretched man that I am, I need your grace. I need your mercy to make it through the day. Amen. I don't want to get entangled. There's some days I get up and it's just a plum flop. And I'm like, God in heaven, why would you keep me today? I didn't do nothing right. Didn't even, I tried to, just, I, I, why do you love me? Then the next day I get up and, and just just a breeze. And then next day, I mean, it's just one day it's hard, one day it's easy. Some days, weeks, you got weeks at a time that it's just feel everything's going right, and out of nowhere, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, come on, and you just question God, why do you love me so much? Right. I've been struggling with things since I've been saved, even before I was saved. You still love me. Yeah. That ought to blow your mind. God saved you and delivered you from sin and knew that you still was going to have some problems with the right. sin he delivered you from. That's right. Still loves you. Doesn't that blow your mind? Yeah. But you can get victory over those sins yeah, and those habits yeah, and those filthy, secret, dirty sins that nobody knows but you and God. Come on, man. Your real character, right. things you hide from your wife and things you hide from your husband, you can get victory over that yes, sir. if you'll just seek the Lord. Yes, sir. Right. If you'll just come honest and tell Him how rotten you are and you ought to be in hell and you need right. victory. Yeah. you got things in your life that nobody knows but you and God. That's your real character. Yeah. And see, that's why Paul's telling Timothy, you better get strong in the grace of God. Yes, right. Grace of God's not given us to sin. It's given to us not to sin. Yeah, right. There you go. I'm not turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. Amen. I believe in living holy, don't you? Amen. That's what Paul's telling Timothy. I'm not going to get in. He said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having his seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ that apart from iniquity. Amen. Chapter 3, I'm going to say just a few words. I want to hit on four and we're going to the house. Chapter 3, he was alert. He was alert of the times. He said, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall yep. come. You know why it's dangerous? Because they're sitting on church pews. Yep. Lovers of their own self. Yep. Covenants. That's right. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, on and on, despise those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more lovers of God. Listen to this. Having a form of God, godliness. Yeah. Amen. Denying the power thereof. Amen. You know who that is? It's a hypocrite. Yeah. Yep. That's what that is. It's a hypocrite. Denying the power thereof. Yeah. Just because you sin doesn't make you a hypocrite. You know what a hypocrite is? 
I'm a Christian. I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread when you get in the church house and live like the devil 24-7 till you get in the church house. Smile real good. Oh, I'm the best thing. I love my preacher. I take care of him and his family. Then you go back out. There's no change. That's a hypocrite. Yeah. That's a hypocrite. Amen. They have a form of godliness. I pastored a few hypocrites. Come on, man. Amen. I went to church with a few of them. And really, if we get technical, all of us have a little hypocrite in us. Yeah, man. Amen. But listen, I don't want to deny the power thereof. I know the power of God's inside of me. And listen, I know God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask and think according to the power of God that worketh in me. Listen, he was alert of the times. Men trying to deceive uh, women laden with sin. Silly women with no spiritual understanding. Read 2 Timothy chapter 3. Wicked men. Silly women with no spiritual understanding. Laden down with sin. And then it talks about that. Then he says, listen, Timothy, be alert of the times. He said, listen, you know that book. Your grandmother, your grandmother, they, and your mother taught you that book. He said, won't you continue in the things which you've learned? You know what's right. You've been taught right. <sighs> continue in the Word of God. Continue in the Word of God. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. It's probable for doctrine. Reproof, correction for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished in all good works. Doctrine, to know what's right. right. Reproof, to know what's wrong. Correction, know how to get it right. And instruction, know how to keep it right. Man, my God in heaven, if you can't take a message, if you can't take a message against sin and you're saved, you say you're saved, you can't take a hot message against sin, 45 minutes worth, you're a bastard, not a son, and not a daughter. That's right. A lot of people just tell on themselves. Can't take old time preaching. Romans chapter 16, you know what Paul said? He said, mark them. Those that are always causing divisions contrary to the doctrine which you've learned, they can't never act right. They can't never straighten up because they serve their own bellies. They're gluttonous. They're wine bibbers. Hey, man, they don't serve our God. That's right. We all get out of of kilter every now and then. But those people that can never walk straight, those people that can never walk according to the Word of God, they are devils. And Paul said, beware of them. And let us end with this. Chapter 4, he was aware. Said so to charge you, Timothy, before the Lord, He'll judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Two different judgments, and we're closing with this. If you're saved this morning, you're headed to a judgment. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten, Romans chapter fourteen. You're heading to a judgment. I don't know how long you've been saved, Ralph. I don't know how long you've been saved, Brother Parks. I don't know how long you've been saved, Sister Sheila. I don't know how long I've been saved. And I know every since I've been saved, I'm going to give an account for the things I've done in my body. Whether it was good, whether it was bad. I'm not answering for my wife. She's not answering for me. I'm not answering for my children. They'll answer for themselves when they stand before the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul said we're to be wise master builders. The foundation's solid. The foundation's eternal. Be wise how you build upon this foundation. Gold and precious stones. But listen, I'm going to hit on this. A lot of us in our lives, we all have. We build up on wood, hay, and stubble. There's been times in my life, and I'm ashamed to say it, I had a long growth of sin and flesh. It's that wood, that long growth. I just lived in sin for a while. But God was eating me up on the inside. But I walked contrary to His Word. All of us have 
built upon the hay. Yep. Yeah. We all have seasonal sins. Say amen right there. Amen. amen. And then stubble. Every one of us have given God the leftovers. We all have. Yep. They're flesh and blood. So you know what that means? You're going to give an account for the wood, the hay, and the stubble. That's right. Amen. I'm going to give an account. But thank God I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ. Yeah. Thank God there's mercy there. Thank God he'll put that fire and he'll purify. Yeah. I'm going to the judgment seat of Christ and I'm happy about it. Yeah. Listen, I want to be like the great apostle Paul. Amen. He said, I'm ready to be offered. Yes. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to face my judgment. He said, I finished my course. He said, I kept the faith. He said, I fought a good fight of faith. You think that he won every battle? No. I don't think he did. But sometimes, you know, he had to repent. He was just a man at best. But he fought the good fight of faith. When, when, when the flesh got a good lick on him, you know what he done? He sinned. He tells you the book of Acts. He disobeyed God, didn't he? Come on. Amen. Read the book of Acts. But God didn't throw him away. And he was still able to say, I finished my course. He said, I've kept the faith. He said, I fought a good fight of faith. He said, henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord shall give me at that day. He said, I'm getting a crown just because I'm looking and anticipating his coming. See, there's a judgment. You've got the judgment seat of Christ. If you're saved, you're, the Lord's going to come back with a shout. And you're going to the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to give an account one by one. One by one we'll give an account to him however he does it. Then he says he's coming back to judge the quick. That's us, the saints. Then he's coming back to judge those in his kingdom. Yeah. I'm going to say this very quickly. And uh, give you an opportunity to come pray. The Bible teaches us that Christ resurrected on that third appointed day. Is that right? Then you have the first fruit. After he resurrected on that third appointed day, the earth rocked and rolled and rent. The temple rent was rent from the from top to the bottom. And the Bible said many of the saints that slept their bodies. The worms were getting their bodies. That's right. And the Bible says they were the first fruits under the Lamb, and they resurrected. And they went down into downtown Jerusalem and walked around and appeared unto many. That's the first fruits. And then Paul says, after, after, after the first fruits come those that is coming, the church. And then cometh the end. Yep. See, there was a false doctrine going around. These men were teaching that the first the, the resurrection had passed already. They were teaching that the spiritual resurrection was the first resurrection, and that was a lie. The spiritual resurrection gives you part in the first resurrection. The first resurrection. Christ and the first fruits, then us alive at his coming, and then if those are sleeping in the grave, we come up, and then you got Revelation chapter twenty. The Bible teaches us that Satan himself I've heard preachers say that Satan is chained down now. Wow. wow. And you know what I tell them? I said, if he's chained down now, then God doesn't like me, chain him around my leg, and he follows me everywhere I go. Yeah. He's not chained down now. But the Bible says that the angel will have a key to the bottomless pit. He'll take a, he'll take a literal chain. He'll lay it on the old dragon, old slew foot. And he'll burn him up. A literal thousand years. He'll shut him up. Shut him up. For a thousand literal years. 
Bible says there'll be peace Amen. on this earth. That the Spirit of God will rest on all flesh. And that Christ Himself will sit on the throne of David on this earth and the city of the great king in Jerusalem on the throne of David who will reign for a literal thousand years with a rod of iron. Yep. And the psalmist said, kiss the son lest he be angry with you. He's going to reign. And when he comes back to judge, the Bible teaches us those that didn't worship the beast, those that didn't receive the mark and his number, and it said that the Lord resurrected them. They sat upon thrones and they ruled and reigned with Him a thousand literal years. He said, this is the first resurrection. And it's finished. It was three parts. Christ, the first fruits, then the church. Then you got the end, Revelation 20. They are resurrected. They got their heads cut off because they endured unto the end. They had faith in Christ. They was washed in His blood and they kept the commandments of God. They was faithful unto death. And Christ resurrected them, and he said, this is the first resurrection. And then there's another resurrection after that of a thousand years. Then the dead yeah. will arise. And if you're in that second resurrection, you're in trouble. You're in trouble! Yes, sir. Don't die without Christ. You know why? God's already appointed a day. Right. And he's going to judge you. That's right. If you're a sinner, die without Christ, he's already appointed a day. He'll judge the world in righteousness by one man, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's given assurance unto all of us. He's resurrected him from the grave. Most of us celebrated Christmas. Some don't. It's between you and God, but most of us celebrated it. What did it really mean to you? Yeah. Was it about you getting gifts? Come on, man. Or was it about him? Yeah. What's Christmas mean to you? Yeah. What's real, what, what, what did Christmas really mean to you? About you getting all the gifts that you wanted and desired? Or was it really about Him? For you to get that gift, He was born to die. So many people are selfish. Yes. It's all about them, yes. what they can get. Amen. But Christ, He laid down His life knowing that many would reject Him. Right. Many would sit on a church pew and still die lost. My, my, my. Don't die lost. Let us stand. Don't die lost. He's coming. Are you going? Are you really saved? Say, preacher, what's really saved me? Just coming to the end of yourself and realizing there's nothing you can do to save yourself. And you just cry out for mercy. You just repent. Sing a verse of song back here, Gabriel. Just something comes to your heart. Just sing something. Just something comes to your heart. Would you come? It's amazing, Grace. It's amazing. You ought to be in hell. But you're in a church today. And you heard preaching that, that God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. That you might have everlasting life. You've sinned and you've come short of the glory of God. You don't have the promise of life. You know it in your heart. If you was to die right now, heaven will not be your home. You might be young. You might be middle-aged. You might be old. But you have no promise of living the next 15 minutes. 
God forbid it, but we can all get in our cars. And we can get on the highway. And there's a drunk coming down the road that's getting ready to collide to your car and snuff you out of here. Are you prepared? You know how many saints of God that have prepared themselves and prayed and, and was ready to go to church and got their family and on the way to the church house and their whole family die by a drunken driver? You know how many tons upon tons of people wanting to do the right thing? They're prepared, they're ready to leave. If I was to die in a car wreck, I'm ready. But are you ready? Many, many people right now, they're dying. Somebody just died. Somebody just died. Somebody just died. You say, preacher, you're scaring me. No, the Spirit of God's dealing with your heart and you know that you're not ready. Somebody just died. He's not going to call your number. He's going to call your name. Do you have the promise of life? Are you really ready to go? Somebody just died. Are you prepared to die? Are you ready? You're going to die. But you better die in him. Would you come and get saved? Say, preacher, I don't know what to do. Just get in this altar and cry out. Turn from your darkness. Turn from your lies. Turn from your deceit. Somebody just died. Are you ready? Are you ready? Won't you come and turn? Won't you come? Somebody else just died. Won't you come? If you don't come and get saved this morning, I hope tonight, but when you go to sleep, I hope you wake up in the middle of the night and God reminds you of this old preacher. Somebody just died. I'm prepared and they're in hell. Somebody just died. I hope that you keep hearing that throughout this life until you get saved. He's going to end right here and I'm turning it back to the preacher. Somebody just died. Are you ready?